second episode of Madhu Einsiedler's Leadership Miniseries as part of Improvisations on Growth podcast series. Would you agree that we need a leader to follow and we need someone to generate opinions that we can all simply accept without further inquiry? Or maybe would you rather build your own opinions? Have you noticed how most times leaders prefer to build a facade, conceal a reality with the excuse of protecting a company and its employees? Why do leaders tend to guide employees like children or like objects? Get inspired to answer these questions and more when you listen to our next episode. Okay, so what I'm hearing, and it's funny because it's something that we were taught in journalism school with um, leaders of opinion and how someone comes and brings in an idea and then other people just automatically follow without even questioning necessarily like what's behind it or how valid it is or what does it apply. A lot of times I feel these opinions just like cliches. They sound good and people don't really stop to to see if there's more to it. And I'm asking, could it be the same with, with leadership? And speaking of appearances and of not not seeing certain things beyond this facade and not not going a little deeper because from my experience for example uh, as you were talking about leadership is more about how do i how do i present myself how do i excuse my actions so to speak i know i'm going to be accountable so my main concern is not losing face when i am faced with this accountability as opposed to really being concerned with people's well-being. For, for me, this is what still happens in a lot of leadership development programs. So instead of creating a space where um, participants can um, inquire and, and, and get to know themselves and learn their automatisms and get more consciousness and awareness, which would make them way more effective, what they are learning is uh, certain behaviors. It's like training animals, really. I train, if a certain trigger comes, this is how I react, react. So um, I train how to present my PowerPoint. I train how to speak well with a low voice and um, talking slowly and having a nice script that someone else has uh, written for me. And, And I say all the things that I think people like to hear. And, and I think this is, I don't know where it started, but politics does that, that the polls and then the politicians say whatever they think that, the citizens expect them to say, and and I see the same trend in um, in businesses and organizations, and especially large corporations. They just say what they think the analysts want to hear, and and it's more about pretense and shine, and and definitely not about the employees, and it's um, 
and often not even about the customer, but it's about, as we have talked so much, it's about making money and uh, satisfying the analysts and, and the stock exchange. And um, it's about um, optics and the facade and the how, how I'm being perceived and not what I stand for. So two things that pop. <laughs> One, what I'm hearing is an expanded lack of authenticity on a lot of levels. <laughs> and, and two, isn't it necessary though, keeping appearances, isn't it necessary? If a, a big company with hundreds of thousands of, of employees, yes, they are struggling but they think they have the situation under control, wouldn't it create panic to be open as opposed to just continue these appearances? And you know, when you drag things, sometimes you can come out of it okay. So, it is, um, I, I just hear that so often, you know, um, I hear that so often from managers and leaders who say, well, but I cannot tell my employees the truth because they would panic, they would be feared, they would stop working, they would be worried, they, they wouldn't be effective anymore. And then there uh, is also a saying, you know, fake it until you make it. So there is, a, there is just a lot of ideas around that and and i'm not saying well i'm 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 not saying that um as a as an owner or ceo of a company i have to share like everything with my employees i'm not saying that what what i'm saying is we need to question and inquire the ideas that drive our reactions. So when I'm in a difficult situation in my in my organization, then I can immediately have my uh, immediately react in the way of, oh, I have to pretend that everything is okay because my employees might panic. And then when I have this thought in my head, I can stop and say, okay, is this really true? Because I could also, and that depends, of course, on the culture. If I have built an eye-level culture, then I can use this resource of 2,000 or whatever, or 200 or 20 or 20,000 employees and, and share with them where the company really stands now and then use all the energy of 220,000 or 20,000 people to actually get the company to a different place, to a better place than it is now. But when I have not built this culture, then of course I will not do this because then I think um, I need to guide them like I, I think that I need to guide children. So a lot of the times leaders think of their employees as children, that you cannot tell them the truth, that you need to protect them. And then, of course, it's a mixture between children and objects. So 
I kind of need to Dogs? protect them, but when I don't need them Puppets? anymore, I just let go of them. <laughs> what, what, what did you say? Puppets? Dolls? <laughs> you said a mixture yeah. of children and objects, and it just made me think yeah. of, of a puppet show. <laughs> so so, so the, the, the first thing that I love to do with my clients is to ask them, what kind of ideas do you have about the people you're working with? Like how, what, what kind of image of humans underlie your reactions when, when you think of your employees? So do they need to be motivated? Do I need to manage their enthusiasm? Can I trust them? Or do I need to kind of guide them more closely? Because if I don't look, then well, they're more like lazy, you know, it, 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 it's, and, and these are all things that usually don't get inquired. What I'm uh, processing from what you're telling me is that this facade that we're talking and lack of authenticity, it really stems from the inability of a leader to just be true to a situation and to himself or herself. Yeah. It's really not not facing the reality at the first level, and then this projects on on the on the employees. And it also sounds to me like there's this automatic underestimating. Just because you have employees who maybe haven't decided to build a company of their own maybe have decided to focus on a quality of life and not worry with the complications of having a business, which doesn't necessarily mean they cannot be leaders in other ways. But I, I also sense this superiority as far as I'm a business owner, I fought hard, I worked hard, everything, especially in the U.S., is everything is hard. The, working, the playing, the whatever. So why why is this perception that because I chose that path and I have people who work for me, I'm automatically better? And this is exactly the question that people need to answer for themselves. If I think of myself as I'm a manager, I'm a leader, I'm a CEO, I'm part of the management team, I'm a team lead. I'm sort of better and superior, but honestly, I would not say that, of course, because it's not appropriate to say it. But deep inside of me, yeah, I think I'm better because I'm a team lead. So there has to be some distinction, some discrimination in the sense of there has, has to be something that discriminates me from my team members, that discriminates me as a CEO from the rest of the company. And my salary shows it. And all the people around me show, show it because they are dancing around me and they are... Um, Agreeing more with me than disagree. What is this noise? 
They're cutting the grass. I'm sorry. Oh, again! We have to cut the grass cutters again? He'll he'll go away in a bit. I hope. Yeah, that, that, that's okay. You know, it, it shows that our podcast is life and embedded in life. That, that is the first question that people need to ask themselves. So, why do I need the salary, the yachts, the title, the big corner office uh, to discriminate myself from others? And, and what kind of self-value do I draw out of this? And how does that, how does that shape my behavior towards other people? So, yes, this is actually the question that I would leave our listeners with. You have listened to the second episode of Madhu Einsiedler's Improvisations on Growth podcast series, diving more into the subject of leadership. Why do top leaders feel the need to discriminate themselves from others when choosing the big corner office and the high salary? Is this a sign that a top CEO is better, superior, and he or she brings more value to the world? Or is it simply a model we have been accepting and fostering without even thinking of change? What are your thoughts on leadership? Feel free to share your answers with Madhu when you email her at madhu.einstiedler.at or engage with her on her social media. And remember to tune in for our next episode and more insight on leadership.